Dior Talks. The Femme case uh, for me is about changing the way we present women in fashion. More like a subject, not uh, as an object. The women are represented in many different ways, uh, not only one way. That is very important for me. Is also what I try to make with my work in Dior. There are many elements in the female case. Jodie Bieber has always moved between darkness and light in her photographs, which have focused on female subjects for 25 years, including women who have survived domestic violence. She's also photographed men, and in this episode of Dior Talks, she explains why she thinks that's important. Bieber's subversive imagery has sometimes provoked international controversy. She tells me how she navigates the responses to her work and why she considers consent and collaboration paramount in creating a photograph. I'm Charlotte Janssen, a journalist and the author of Girl on Girl, a book exploring photography in the age of the female gaze. You're listening to Dior Talks, conversations on the female gaze. Very nice to meet you, Jodie. Thank you for, um, for doing this as well, because I know that for many artists, it's not necessarily their favourite thing to do to talk about their work because that's why you make art images, right? But I know that you've been producing a new series during the lockdown um, and I was wondering if we could start maybe by by talking about that because we're now in this sort of weird semi phase of like kind of coming out of the lockdown but obviously everything's very different and so I was wondering what work you've been making, you know, at the kind of most intense part of this period. Yeah, well, our lockdown started on the 26th of March and I'd just come out of doing um, a project with Marie Claire France and I thought, what am I going to do now? Because lockdown in South Africa was extremely strict and I usually photograph my husband, Francois, um, but more in a documentary way mm-hmm. and I don't know this idea just came like I thought to myself I'm always asking my students like they don't have to take a plane to go create a project you know it's mm-hmm. on their back door yeah and so I thought okay let me ask Francois let's create a project in the house about him and he comes from a theater background so I said, well, why don't you dress up? And then we did a few tests around the house and we chose one location um, where Francois dressed up in all different types of clothing and guises. And um, I posted a photograph a day on, um, on Instagram and it was quite amazing because there was a lot of humour in the photography and then I sort of mm-hmm. felt like... How can I at this time be creating something like this when so much devastation is out there? Mm -hmm. And then I picked up a quote by Charlie Chaplin. I don't know if you want to hear it, but I thought it sort of put it into context. It says, in the creation of comedy, it is paradoxical that tragedy stimulates the spirit of ridicule because ridicule, I suppose, is an attitude of defiance. We must laugh in the face of our helplessness against the forces of nature or go insane. And I thought, Mm. like, in a way... You know, the response from Instagram to the work was 
people said, oh, please, when we didn't post something, please post something, you know, it keeps us laughing every day, we need it. Yeah, I mean, that's, there's so many amazing things in that, I think. And, you know, you started by saying, you know, what you teach your students, that you don't have to go far away to to be able to, to say something or to create something. And actually, I think looking closer to home and looking at our own experiences and analysing our own experiences and surroundings is going to be a very key thing that's going to happen across all the arts, like not just in photography, you know, after this, after this time. Um, but also that point about comedy is so interesting because I don't think that we often reflect on that and the role of comedy, you know, within photography. But of course, you know, photographs can be funny. They can make us laugh. And that humour is so important and so vital. Um, as you've just said, like at a time like this, it can provide like some light relief or just, you know, it's kind of one of those situations where you'll either laugh or cry. And I think especially on Instagram, you can get into these spirals of, you know, despair and depression. And, you know, there's been so many powerful kind of tranche on really like, um, groundbreaking photographs around you know whether it's black lives matter movement or or coronavirus but there's not been as many that have really like been able to make us laugh about it and make us like kind of see the i don't know i guess see the wood for the trees in, in a way because that's otherwise how can we go forward if we don't have those kind of glimpses of something optimistic or you know i think we need a variety of different things and i think yep. you know it, it helped to in a way create a stillness you know that i was mm-hmm. making some people happy and i was feeling happy because every time i saw francois in another <laughs> ridiculous outfit <laughs> yeah. it sort of <laughs> and i've had things like gallery um Directors saying, oh, I'm falling in love with your husband. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It might go in some directions you hadn't expected then. Um, (laughs) And I mean, I think it's quite quite different. It's probably been quite nice for you because it's quite a different project um, within your work, which is... Is, is serious you're dealing with like some very um serious social political uh, and economic issues in your work and you have been for for you know a number of years so it must be 25 must be quite enjoyable years for you. yeah but you know I think that for me my photography and all my projects I'll take this project as seriously as the other ones mm-hmm. because it's a moment in time And this is a moment, like I call it Francois lockdown in times of the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. So it's like we all can identify in some way of what lock, we all can identify what lockdown means. Yeah. So if I had an exhibition with showing different projects, it could fall under a period of time. Mm-hmm. You know, so even though it's it's humorous and it's not what I usually do, I still feel it's it's in a way documenting a specific period of time yeah. in a different kind of way. Oh, it's super interesting, and I I thoroughly recommend it to anyone who hasn't seen it to look it up because it is all those things. You know, it's hilarious and it's it's kind of very topical, but it does speak to wider issues I think as well even beyond coronavirus so what are you thinking about actually ideas about kind of beauty and stereotypes of of beauty and kind of 
the way that we do present and portray ourselves, which is, is definitely in that, that um, recent project, that France Wars project that you've just been talking about. Um, I was wondering what your feelings were about fashion photography specifically, because although you've um, collaborated with Dior, um, and we'll come on to talk about what you did for them um, soon, um, you haven't really been a fashion photographer ever. I mean, that, even though you've you've definitely sort of touched on themes in your work that are perhaps like perpetuated by for fashion photography so sort of some of the myths around femininity or or um the way women look um what what do you think about fashion photography was it something that you were ever interested in looking at that you felt had particularly strong feelings about i think that um if the brand allows a photographer to play meaning bringing in a point of view or creating something more than just, you know, the outfit or the bracelet and the model, then I think it becomes interesting. I find it mm. then visually interesting, depending on on the freedom of being able to create, you know, a photograph. I've only ever done two shoots, and that was the Dior and the shoot with Caster, Semenya, and Nike. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that I loved doing it. I absolutely loved doing it. And there was something else behind it. It wasn't just fashion for fashion's sake. We yeah. were in both those shoots. I was given freedom to to speak about other important things. In reference to Casta Semenya, it's about power, you know, and about mm. being the strength of a woman. And also it was about going out into Johannesburg and using locations that maybe hadn't been used before, which was really interesting. And with Dior, it was about bringing my ideas about beauty into the shoot. So I think that if there is that gap that allows you to to add something to the fashion shoot, I love that idea. And I also love the idea because usually when I'm creating projects, I'm on my own. I'm my own director, my own producer, um, interview, I do everything. So when you're on a fashion shoot, you have all the support behind you, which really makes it quite easy in some mm. respect. Yeah, and I mean, the images you shot are really stunning. And maybe we can talk about that briefly now as we're, as we're there. So the, the premise for that shoot was to interpret Maria Grazia's designs in sort of different settings in contemporary Africa. So, and you know, with the agency and the vision of, of African photographers. So as they see the Dior clothes, you know, the clothes from that collection. And in your um, shoot, you introduced the idea of the South African home, the kind of stereotypical or maybe, you know, familiar um, domicile. Can you tell me a bit more about some of the details that we see in these photos? Because um, you've got little things like um, a photograph of a mother and child, um, certain mm. flowers, pots arranged in a certain way, you know, all of the things, the style, the way you've chosen the different furniture. What What is a sort of typical home like for you? And what, what were you trying to kind of, I guess, tell, you know, explain with those, those different details in those images? Well... 
Firstly, um, I wanted to create rooms um, because for me, what I love in photography, and you'll see it in a lot of my work, is Mm. um, that a room or what's in that room tells you so much about the person. So it adds another layer to the Mm -hmm. photograph. And I asked the prop master that I was interested in, in photographs or paintings of Tretchikov, Vladimir Tretchikov, which he managed to find uh, the famous Chinese girl and fruit of barley. And that is um, paintings that you would find, you would have found in many um, houses in South Africa, specifically more in the white community. But the black mother and child picture, in all my years of going into different homes in the townships and that, I would always see that photograph. So I thought that would be a really good idea. In terms of the furniture, um, I think that (laughs) Dior sort of put the reality down for me because I was starting to be quite extravagant in what I wanted in the shoot and that was quite positive (laughs) (laughs) it would have been wild I had like this jungle vision (laughs) (laughs) so they brought me down which worked very well yeah toned it down (laughs) oh and then the the flowers the strelitzia and the protea are indigenous to South Africa And then I love this, that the protea uh, represents change and hope. So that's something extra that's added, I think, to the photograph. So because the prop master was South African, he sort Mm -hmm. of got, you know, what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the props come in. I also love plants. I have my own veggie garden and our flat is full of plants. So that's, you know, I I wanted that theme. But specifically indigenous plants to South Africa. Right, exactly. It gives it that feeling of you know bringing the outside in as well, of like reminding where you are and, and what the kind of context is, which is so important, I think. And I mean, that series, for me, it related quite strongly to your series Real Beauty, which, um, you know, it, it, it was a kind of, I guess, subversion about, beauty and the ideas we have about beauty that as beauty is usually portrayed like in the media or in mainstream culture um and mainstream photographs um you know this idea that what we usually see um when we see a beautiful picture is not actually real um and also it kind of recreates or restages in a way that intimacy that you that you established with real beauty where you went um, into the townships and photographed women individually in their homes. Um, tell me more about that series and how you created that series and, and why. Why was it important for you to do a project like that? Well, it was shot somewhere in my 40s and I was walking in Old Street Tube Station in London mm-hmm. and I saw the the Real Beauty uh, campaign photographed by Rankin and it was ordinary women with lumps and bumps in their white underwear um, Mm. speaking about real beauty or speaking about Dove beauty soap Um, and I just stopped and I looked at this because we and I thought to myself 
You know, growing up, when you look through the magazines, you never used to see larger women or bumps and spots on people's legs and faces. And it really, like, made me think, like, we've grown up in a way always living as women, living up to something, because that's what's been presented to us, you know, from very young. And then I heard a BBC radio interview um, saying that in South Africa, more and more black women were becoming anorexic. And, you know, the voluptuous woman used to be seen as healthy and not very thin woman. And then I went on a, uh, I went from London to Paris to do a shoot and one, a model sat next to me and um, she sh- opened up the, v- the Vogue magazine and told me some dark secrets about some of the models' bodies, you know. And she said, mm-hmm. I'm going on a shoot. I haven't slept. I've come from New York. I've got rings mm-hmm. underneath my eyes. But it's okay because in Photoshop they're going to change this. So when I got back to South Africa, I thought to myself, hmm, this is a project I'd like to do. And so I created posters speaking of what I believe to be real beauty. And I went to community centers. I went to the university. I went to gyms. I went to shopping centers. And I asked people if they were interested in the woman, if they were interested in the project to to, to, to get a hold of me. Um, And that's really what the project is about. And so what I did was um, a woman would phone and I I didn't want to meet them beforehand to give them the thumbs up or the thumbs down. Whoever phoned me, I met, photographed, and I did extensive interviews with each woman about Mm -hmm. what body shape means to them. Mm -hmm. And... Um, The underwear that they wore was chosen by them. The way they stood was very interesting for me. And you can reflect on many different things related to, like, where did they find that pose? You know, what is this fantasy meaning to them? And Mm. some of the things to come up were related to, like, if you're too thin, people will think you have HIV AIDS. If you're too thin and you, like, have short hair, you know, black men won't like me because they think I'm sickly. And then there was the whole conversation around the African body and the Western body shape and, you know, why do we always look up to a Western ideal of a body shape and not accept ours? And it worked on a lot of things like that. And there's so many amazing pictures and I'm I'm sure also all the stories behind them are just like fascinating as well and I, you know and the fact that they actually all approached you they wanted to have their f- photograph taken you kind of feel that very strongly um and I think that's something important in your work in general right that that these are women that want to have their photograph taken or that feel comfortable having you take their photograph I'm totally um for collaboration So for me, like, to hide and steal photos, that's not my my scene. I much prefer um, having an intimate situation. And the person you photograph often is way more vulnerable than yourself. So in a way, I I feel like you're a psychologist, you know, and 
you have to, um, in a way, allow the person to have that space to open up and feel safe. You you went further into that even more in your series, um, Women Who Murdered Their Husbands, um, which obviously from the title, strong title, we can tell what the, what the work might be about. Um, and this series is super interesting because you're also kind of exploring what we think of as feminine and, you know, not only is kind of on the surface as in, you know, the way real beauty responds to sort of different stereotypes and the way we look, but, you know, what are feminine qualities and what does female violence look like? It's something that we don't often see, that we don't see acknowledged or, you know, let alone depicted in, in media and photographs and in culture. Tell, tell me about that series. I created that series in one day because the prison would only allow me one day. And the, I, I also created extensive interviews with each woman to understand what and why they were, had, were in, in prison. And majority of the women um, killed their partners or had their partners killed because they had been violated themselves. So it was mm-hmm. mainly related to domestic violence and the stories that I heard from each woman were sort of like a B-rated movie. It, it was things that felt quite unreal and unbelievable to me. Mm. And, um, yeah, that's really what I, I mean. I've, in, in my book, I've got a book which has um, the diptychs because what I did was I photographed each woman in a portrait and then um, I photographed her space. Once again, it tells you so much about the person. Mm -hmm. And um, so within the book, there are the interviews and and the photographs. Yeah, and so they have quite a lot of personal things in there, don't they? Um, you know, there's pictures up. They each have these kind of, like you say, there's quite quite stark um, clinical sort of um, basic bunk beds, and then they have these lockers, and they've a lot, many of them have covered their lockers in sort of pictures and um, you know personal, uh, you know, small personal items, and like you say, those. I mean, there's one woman that you photographed and she has these two soft toys as well hanging down yeah. just above her. Um, um, a bird and an, an octopus, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and then some more soft toys on her... her um, oh, is that, that, that's the top of her bed, I think, it, isn't it? Yes, it's on top of her bed. Yeah, they have all different things. Um, and this is a point that, that doesn't get discussed that often but you've also photographed men um as well as women even though women are sort of your I guess the the center of your work do you feel different when you photograph a man um and is it important that women photographers also turn their lens on male subjects absolutely um we coexist together and um what's quite different with men and I'll compare my project Quiet, which is a project that I was inspired by 
when I was at the gym and I was watching CNN and I was watching the music channel and I was watching the sports channel and I thought to myself, you know, men are always shown in a performative way. You never just see someone vulnerable as a man. Where women, we put ourselves out there. And I thought to myself that it would be interesting to create a project where Men wear their underwear, and not for the same reason as real beauty, but to remove their uniform from them, to take away that protection layer from them. And so what I did was, uh, as with real beauty, I put um, posters asking for men to come forward to be photographed in their underwear related to showing them in a quiet, you know, disposition. And no one Mm. got hold of me. No way. Well, that's so interesting in itself, isn't it? So what I did was wherever I went, I asked women, do you know a good man that might want to be part of my project? (laughs) Another interesting thing is that men, when they're being quiet, many of the men that I photographed fell asleep while I was photographing. (laughs) And I thought to myself, well, is this because, you know, they're not used to be quiet, they aren't given that space just to relax. So there were very interesting things. But for me, the reason why I think to speak about men is important is that when it comes to domestic violence, we always speak to women about it. And women always agree Mm. that this shouldn't happen. But what we need to do is include men in the conversation. And other men need to tell other men, hey, that's not cool to speak to a woman like that. So that's why for me it's important to include men. And what I did with that project is I got the American embassy to bring Dr. Jackson Katz from America. And we went to the Human Rights Commission. We went to the Rugby Federation. We went to the South African government. We went all over the country. And he spoke about how you need to include men in this conversation. And I also think if you scream that all men are bad, then they're going to run away. You know, so I think by including them and them also speaking out against their friends or holding their friends accountable, I think that's something very useful that we could be doing. So I wanted to ask you about um, the history of photojournalism in South Africa because it has this very rich um, tradition of kind of social documentary um photography so you know going back to people like goldblatt who's going to have david goldblatt's going to have an exhibition big exhibition here at goodman gallery a south african Mm. gallery that has a a branch in london who you know i'm sure um i used to be with um, him oh really i didn't i didn't realize that yeah um so they've they've opened um galleries here last year um so now that things are reopening, that will, that will be open soon. And then we've got also um, Zanelli Muholi is opening at Tate Modern when that reopens um, at the end of July. And um, yeah. did you identify with that kind of history and that kind of work early on in your career? Like, would, were you? did you feel you were part of that? Because obviously you do also, you know, your work is kind of rooted in social documentary and, you know, how you've explained your process as well. It's very much about 
it's reportage and but getting really you know in depth with that um beyond just the images were you looking at south african photographers and yeah i mean did you feel part that you kind of were shaped by that that history that you have there well david goldblatt um i grew up with um i went to the market photography workshop which uh, david set up and yeah. I could phone David with new projects and say, can I come along? And we'd sit outside at his house and have some lunch and he would look at my work. Um, he was very, very generous with his time. And then and now I love his work. I think I grew up more um, with some of the people that I really admired was Diane Arbus and... Uh, Ouija and Nan Golden and Sally Mann and Edward Hopper and Marina Abramovich. So, though, I mean, I think I look more towards, um, would you say that's contemporary photography? I'm not speaking about uh, Marina Abramovich, but I mean, I'd yeah. say, yeah, that's then photojournalism. And do you, you know, do you feel there's, is there a community there? Do you feel part, do you, you know, do you all hang out and share ideas and is there like support is there a network there that you I mean because I could I could only say from from the outside obviously that we're getting all this these incredible exhibitions and talent that we're seeing over here but I don't know what it feels like to you there um we all know each other and we see each other but there isn't sort of groupings together to speak about work etc I think a lot of us rely on the international world in a way, for our exhibitions. And so, mm-hmm. you know, often I meet other African artists, for example, at the Bamako Biennale, you know, that mm-hmm. I've never met before or in Denmark or wherever where I'm exhibiting. I often meet some of the people from other parts of Africa and South Africa that I've never met before. Um, I mean, you mentioned some names there already, but this is a question that we ask every every guest um at the end of the episode so the question is do you have a favorite female photographer well i'm not like that in personality <laughs> where it's just yeah. like one and like it's you know structured by foundation but yeah, i yeah. do love diane arbus's work um yeah i'm finding learning more and more just I mean obviously I knew her work before but just how important she's been to so many photographers you know especially women and it's just you know she's a phenomenon really um and I wanted to actually maybe end with a quote by her which I I thought was quite interesting also in relation to your work um but this Diane Arbus said and you probably know this quote uh, a photograph is a secret about a secret the more it tells you the less you know mm-hmm <laughs> I just think that's very apt um, for how we look at photographs today. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been such a enlightening conversation, really. Thank you. I've enjoyed it a lot.